I can really see at least uh, at least six or seven teams finishing below us. I can see us being better than six or seven teams, hundred percent. gentlemen i uh, am pleased to be uh joined by one half of the duo that makes up the where do we begin podcast uh had the pleasure of uh stopping by and visiting with them a couple of weeks ago and they just dropped their first episode of season two uh an interview with uh cricketer merv hughes and I'd like to welcome harper passenger to the podcast harper thanks for coming back on man uh great to have you and talk some bombers footy today yeah, I'm looking forward to it very much. I'm looking forward to the footy season and delighted to be on your show. Thanks for having me. You bet, man. It's it's been it's been great to see all the success that you guys are having and and the uh just the just very impressive the 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 guests that you're bringing on your show. It's just been it's been terrific and I know you've got so many different irons in the fire right now that you're working on with uh with everything happening in your, you know, your schooling and such, but glad you're able to take some time out today. So gut reaction, your initial thought here about the club. How do you think things are going for him so far? What do you, uh, uh, I know that's a really broad question, but how do you think things are going? <laughs> well, uh, I don't think you will encounter a single opposition fan who thinks Essendon is going to finish anywhere in the top 14, uh, top 12 this season. Uh, this coming season, but I am a bit more hopeful than most people uh, because although there might be some uh, things that people don't agree with in the higher ups with the board and stuff, I know uh, I've spoken to some people who are really concerned about what's going on there, some people in the know uh, who are concerned with the board level stuff, but I think on the field we will uh, – I guess this is what everyone expects me to say, this uh, stupid Essendon fan, but I think we will uh, <laughs> beat everyone's expectations and uh, finish. Oh, oh, you probably want me to answer this later, but I think we'll finish maybe about, about 12th or 11th or 12th, I think, because uh, obviously you'll know that Essendon, you would have had a look and seen that uh, Essendon lost heaps of uh, important, great players Uh in the last offseason. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but honestly, I think the players that we lost, Adam Saad and Connor McKenna, last season, they really didn't do too much due to the tactics that we had, very defensive, didn't really allow for much runoff halfback. And Joe Danaher and Aratio Fantasia hardly played. So as amazing as those players are, compared to last season, I don't think it's going to be a huge loss because – Really, I don't think they offered us much last season. And we've got lots of players coming back from injury or coming in through the trade or the draft, uh, such as Jai Caldwell, Peter Wright, Jake Stringer, who didn't get a full season last season. Uh, even Sam Draper, he'll get a full season. He only played eight games last season, uh, but he is going to become one of the stars of the league very soon uh, in the ruck department, I think. So, uh, yeah, I think we'll... Um, uh, go above uh, where people expect, and it's just about getting that consistency. Really, I think we'll finish about eleventh or twelfth. Okay, yeah, I, I'll be honest. I have not released my uh, my ladder prediction. I don't have them quite that high, uh, but yeah. uh, and like you said, a lot of people who are not Essendon supporters probably are going to have them at at different levels there. Um, yeah, it, but I, I can really see. At least, uh, at least six or seven teams finishing below us. I can see us being better than six or seven teams, hundred percent. Okay, okay, and I, it, and I think you're spot on with the, uh, you know, you know, you had a couple of big names that you've lost from the, yeah. from the list. But you know, if you go back and look at the contributions that they made last year, they really didn't make a whole lot of contributions. So you're losing, you're losing name power. Yeah, from the list, but you're not less. You're not necessarily losing a lot of actual minutes on the ground. Exactly. You know, yeah. So. And as good as like Joe Danaher 
if he kicks 80 goals this year, people are going to say, oh, look what Essendon's missing out on, Joe Danaher kicking 80 goals. But if he was playing for Essendon this year, there's no way he'd be kicking 80 goals because he, uh, from what I know, he just wasn't enjoying himself being in this footy bubble in Melbourne and uh, he wanted to change. So, yeah, Essendon just wasn't uh, suited to him, really. So do you, you think he's... Uh feeling as though he's under a lot less pressure now that he's outside of Melbourne and in, you know, in terms of footy is concerned, the small town of Brisbane from a footy standpoint? Yeah. Um, well, I think that that's what he's made fairly clear. He, yeah. The off-season previous, he wanted to go to Sydney, uh, request a trade to Sydney, and that's uh, one of the smaller uh, Aussie rules cities. Right, so right. I think he just... He's not a guy who likes the constant media attention. And even though he's, he will be one of Brisbane's biggest names uh, this coming season, uh, he's not going to be recognised on the street nearly as much as he is in Melbourne. Well, and I, and I think, you know, regardless, you know, just from what I have, have gathered, you know, in my short time following the game, his last name is going to follow him wherever he goes. Yeah. You know, that's, you know, it's his name. His last name is not Smith or Johnson. It's, it is, it is, you know, in a name of footy lore, you know, with, yeah, that, with exactly. that name there. Yeah. So, and did it, and I don't know if you watched any of the highlights from their scratch match the other day, but did you, when you watched it, and I know you've said he's probably thrilled to be in Brisbane, did you sit there and think just for a split second, man, if he could have just been happy here? Oh, he could, yeah. It hurts. It hurts, yeah. I have to say. And, um, yeah, Danaher hurts a lot and Adam Saad leaving hurts a lot because him leaving, it wasn't to leave to another state, to another city. It was going across to one of our biggest rivals within the same city, Carlton, of course. And uh, it's not because uh, he uh, – well, it's because we're – we didn't have the right culture, I think, and we didn't have the culture of success. He didn't see success coming at the Bombers, and he sees that coming at Carlton more so than he does at the Bombers. So that's just really disappointing. And a player that every Essendon fan loves, uh, um, Adam Saad, like he was just such a lovable guy, and him believing the club in that way, really disheartening to see. Yeah. And- and I, I, I uh, was listening to, I think, uh, the Exchange uh, podcast yep. today during lunch, and they were they were commenting about how, you know, Carlton is actually fi- going to find themselves in a bit of a difficult situation at the end of this year because they have, they have, I think they said, five former first-round picks who are uh, free agents at the end of this year. Oh, wow. So it's, you know. Yeah, you know, the grass yeah. may not be greener on the other side of the, on the other side of the street there for him. Exactly. Uh, and we shall see. I'd take a bit of uh, joy, a bit of schadenfreude uh, if uh, Carlton won the wooden spoon this year. I don't think that's going to happen, but that would be uh, quite funny if Essendon won a grand final before uh, Carlton and Essendon won a grand final while Adam Saad was still around. That would uh, oh, that be would, nice. You would, you very would, unlikely, but very nice. Yeah, that would that would not break your heart in 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 any <laughs> in any way. Uh, so. You know, looking at, uh, at at your list, uh, you know, I've got, like I said, I've got a couple things jotted down here, and I'm just going to go ahead and dive in. I'm going to ask this question first. How will you know if it's a successful year for Essendon? Okay, so I think the – I don't think many people expect us to make finals, and oh, I don't expect us to make finals. I, I think the pressure of uh, – well, sorry – we usually have this expectation of making finals and even winning a final, which is something we haven't done for 17 years. But I think less pressure will help us. And a successful season, it's not necessarily about getting the wins on the board. It's about performances. So it's not necessarily something you'll see from looking at the ladder. You will want to see heart and passion from the players, something we didn't necessarily see last season and recent seasons. Commitment to fight for their jumper, uh, for the name of the Bombers. And okay. I think we'll want to see uh, so, someone that I might talk about a bit later, Harry Jones, Harrison Jones. He's a tall forward that you might not have heard of. 
uh, and I am almost certain I've been speaking to some people within inside the club, uh, and they're almost certain they'll be debuting round one. And he kicked three goals, I think, in the practice match against Carlton. He 194 centimetres, 74 kilos, something like that. He's a very skinny guy. Uh, needs to build up in the upper body area. But I think uh, 25 goals from him would be a great season. And uh, it's going to take a while. But if we see start to see more consistent performances by the end of the season, because obviously uh, new tactics, new coach, uh, we're not going to get consistent performances straight away. We, uh, I know for sure that we will get amazing performances in spurts, might have the most amazing quarter you've ever seen of footy. But then the next quarter, we might concede 10 goals because we're a young list, very inexperienced list. I believe actually yeah. uh, 14th oldest list and only the, the, uh, the third least experienced list in terms, in yeah, terms was, of games. So I was, I was looking at you. I was just scrolling through the list here on another yeah. screen and there's, if I counted correctly, there are only, I think, nine, nine or ten players who have played over 100 games. Yeah, exactly. And level. Lots of those players uh, didn't haven't even played all those games for Essendon. Like <coughs> a Devin, a Devin Smith, the Jake Stringer, uh, Dylan Shield, even. Uh, not all of those games have been played for Essendon. So there's right, probably only right. five players who played, five or six players who played more than 100 games for the Bombers. Okay, so I, I hate to follow up that question with uh, how will you how are you going to know if it's not a successful year? How are you going to know at the end, you know, in October when you go, okay, this didn't go according to plan? Yeah, well, uh, I was saying it's not all about results, but if if we're losing every game by seventy points, I don't think you can. There'll be much evidence to see that there is that real heart and fighting spirit within the club. Um, so if we don't see that fighting spirit and a commitment uh, for the jumper uh, most weeks, then that will be pretty disappointing because uh, that's what Essendon fans are looking forward to this season, seeing this rejuvenated list, especially with the forward line, uh, brand new, fresh, and not many people expect us to get results, but people yeah, want to see that passion. So uh, an unsuccessful season... Oh, geez. Um, I know you don't even want to think about it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I reckon as much as uh, I don't want to judge it purely off results, I think if we, if we get – this is setting the bar really low, but if we get five or less wins, then that will be kind of disappointing because by the end of the season, I'd like to think that we are being competitive in – bits and pieces at least of most games because I hope we're at that level by then and the list is has got that um score's got that chemistry by then and well, uh, adapted to the tactics and you you may find you may find where you get kind of a happy medium there as far as that goes because you know you, you just as, as an example Adelaide last year you know won the wooden yep. spoon if I'm not mistaken yeah but they were not a fun team to play I mean they were I, I think that, you know, even, you know, some Crow supporters who were sad that they won the wooden spoon, I think they saw the fight in a lot of those young kids that they had mm-hmm. that is hopefully going to pay off for them this year. And yeah, the same, and same, same thing with the Bombers, you know, in 2022. And another uh, another example uh, is this. I think uh, it's probably before you started watching footy, but 2016 was the season where uh, 12 of Essendon's players were suspended uh, essence people on, on essence list that year were suspended uh for the supplement scar saga yeah, that this whole is thing a supplement scandal um, yeah okay yeah so 12 of our best players were out of the team and we had 10 top-up players kind of rejects from other teams uh like experienced old wise and veterans uh coming in to just top up the list and so we could get the players on the field but i think most essence fans especially most Essendon fans my age will say that's one of their favourite seasons to be a supporter of the club because we only won three games that whole season and we didn't get our second win until round 20, I think. Wow. So we'd won, we won one of our first 19 games uh, and most weeks we lost by quite a bit. But there was uh, a fighting spirit. Uh, I've used that word a lot, but there was a 
passion and there was an energy uh, because we were seeing this new era that season. We were seeing players like Anthony McDowell, Tip and Woody, uh, Orazio Fantasia, Joe Danaher even, um, really, they were young and fresh back then. It was Anthony McDonald Tip and Woody's first season at the club, mm-hmm. I think. And uh, I think, I hope it will be similar this season with uh, kind of signaling this new era and we see uh, this passion and commitment and players looking like they want to be there and uh, uh, like competitiveness within bits of games at least. Yeah, and I think that, and this kind of goes back to everything that you were saying, is if, if you see that drive to continually try to get better and to try to, you know, try to improve one week to the next, even if you're not necessarily getting the four points, as long as you're seeing the, the competition, that has to be a good thing. If you, if you see player, if you see players that are kind of just going, Oh, we're getting our brains beat in again. I'm not going to try too terribly hard. Yeah. That, that, that could really undermine, you know, an organization really quickly. Yeah. Exactly. Like you don't want to see us being five goals down at halftime and then coming out in the second half and just giving up and ended, ending up getting beaten by 20 goals. Like that that would be one of the most depressing things that could possibly happen uh, right. this season in terms of Essendon. Uh, so hopefully we don't get that kind of thing. Well, and, you know, I, I, went, through the, I went through the fixture and, you know, you've, you've got a couple clubs who are in similar positions that you're, you're playing – you know, the double number of games with you've got, you know, you're playing the Hawks twice, you're playing North twice, you're playing Sydney twice, GWS, as well as the Magpies. So you have, you have, you know, 10 games there against, you know, clubs who are all in some sort of a state of flux for one reason or another, you know, the Magpies with all the turmoil that they had in the, you know, the off season, um, you know, GWS, you know, gaining, three, three first round draft picks, but losing their, you know, their um, leading goal scorer for, well, for the history of the club. And then, you know, you've got Sydney who is, I think going to take a step forward this year. You know, they, 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 Sydney was a lot like, I think Sydney in 2020 is a lot like what I think you're hoping Essendon in 2021 is going to be like Sydney Mm. competed like hell. I mean, you know, they, Mm. they were, they were devastated. They, I don't think they had, very many talls left by the time the season ended. I mean, they had, you know, they, they had, uh, they had a ruck. I think, I think I saw one of the games where their ruck, instead of actually going to try to tip the ball, just reached out and tickled the opponent's belly button instead. Cause he Yeah. Yeah. Sydney have got a very good uh, up and coming list. I know someone that we've had on the show, Justin McInerney. I'm not sure if you listened to that episode, I think it might be episode 26 or something. If listeners want to go listen to that, uh, uh, that I enjoyed that. And he, he's uh, one of many real up and comers on their list that right. should hopefully have a good 2021, but moving back to Essendon. Uh, yeah. I do hope that we have a similar ish season to Sydney, May, maybe a higher lab position. I think Sydney might've finished 16th or 15th last season. I think so. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and Sydney were a bit of a boring team to watch last season as well. Very defensive style. So uh, apparently we're going to have a very fairly defense orientated style as well under Ben Rutten. But I hope we see a little bit more flair than Sydney had last season in Essendon's uh, matches in 2021. Yeah. And that, that, you know, you, you, you mentioned the new senior coach and I was going to, I was going to ask, are you, you know, are you considering this his first year as a senior coach or, last year is technically was his seemingly his first year because, you know, it looked like John Olsford was doing a lot of just sitting around and watching last year yeah. as, the, as the, as the games were going on and, and, and Ben Rutten seemed to be making most of the decisions. Yeah. Well, can I ask when this episode is going to come out, this interview? Oh, sometime in the next uh, couple of weeks, I would have yeah, next. Oh, well, yeah. before the season. Yeah. Yeah. Before the season. So by the time this is out, people, uh, our where do we begin episode with Andy McGrath, the Essendon player, might be out by then. And uh, he spoke a bit about Ben Rutten that, uh, honestly, I can't remember everything he said because we interviewed him quite a while ago. But uh, there is a sense that Ben Rutten can completely do what he wants now because 
as much as he uh, did have quite a bit of control last season, he had still kind of had John Warsford kind yeah. of looming over him. Right, right. Guiding, maybe, uh, maybe pushing him to go this way or that way. But now he hasn't got anyone doing that. Ben Rutten's his own man. He's his own coach. He can do whatever he wants. So uh, I do consider this his full uh, proper first season as okay. the head coach. And hopefully we can see some uh, good performances and maybe even some good results from the team this season. And uh, just another point on that, I think uh, Essendon's higher-ups, which I spoke about briefly before, uh, Essendon fans will know and maybe be concerned that um, they Essendon don't have many footy people uh, at board level, uh, even though we did bring in Kevin Sheedy this year, uh, I believe. But other than that, pretty much no one. Uh, that really knows footy. So uh, unlike other clubs, Ben Rutten doesn't have a board member or a chairman or a CEO who really knows the ins and outs of footy as well as he does. So he's going to be able to uh, do what he wants in terms of tactics pretty much, but uh, the board will just want to see uh, good performances and good results uh, for him to uh, satisfy them really, I guess. And this opens up a whole new avenue for me because I, it never dawned on me that, that the people who were in the leadership levels of the organizations would be folks that didn't necessarily have a significant background in the game. That, that never, that never entered my mind before. Mm. I've never, I've never thought about that because I know that the, the Tigers have a, uh, a woman that's, that's leading the, the club now who's from the States, if I'm not mis- from the U S if I'm not mistaken. But yeah, who they've also got uh, is Brendan Gale, and he played. Uh, let me just look this up because I believe he played probably over a hundred games for the Tigers. So okay. he, he's a footy guy. Okay. Uh, he played two hundred forty-four games for Richmond. So Richmond fans will probably consider him a legend of the club. He's a life member of the club as well, and they've got Neil Balm as well, who's a real footy person. Okay. But uh, Essen fans have voiced their dissatisfaction about how. Xavier Campbell, uh, the CEO, uh, he's just a marketing guy who's got a job that he's not really cut out for. Uh, he's at a level that's uh, too far above him. And uh, I've spoken about with you, Rowan Connolly, uh, mm-hmm. I guess we've had in the past. He's an Essendon fan. He's got lots of connections within the club and he really doesn't like what's going on at board level. He uh, disagreed with the way, disagrees with the way the club is run. And uh, he wants to see some more footy people in the club. But uh, as I said, uh, we did get Kevin Sheedy onto the board. I believe it was last offseason. might have been earlier than that. I might be wrong about that. But Kevin Sheedy, I'm not sure if you know who that is, but he's... I have uh, heard the name, yes. Yes, he is... He used to be... Wasn't he the, the coach at one time? He was the coach of Essendon. He uh, guided us to four premierships. Uh, one of the most, most iconic coaches in... Uh, VFL, AFL history. Uh, so having him on the board, I think he's on the board. Uh, well, he's got some position within the club. That will okay. be good, hopefully. Having a real footy person, Essendon person, uh, who's not just a marketing guy and a finances guy, it will be good to have his impact within the club, hopefully. Hopefully he gets a say within discussions. Okay. And I have uh, I have one really last Essendon specific question then I want your kind of your prediction predictions about uh how you think the the ladder is going to shake out this year you know not all, I'm not going to ask you about all 18 or anything like that there but uh uh what do you think the headline if you were writing a newspaper headline what's the newspaper headline for the club look like at the end of the season and I know you've at kind of talked of about season. what you think is going to happen or, or at any point in the season it doesn't have to be at the end of the season Hmm. Well, uh, this might not be the big, uh, the biggest takeout of the season, but I think Dyson Heppel, he's moved to a half-back role uh, this season. He'll, he'll be playing cross-half-back primarily. And uh, his performance in the practice match, uh, I don't think it was the greatest that you ever see. Uh, I, I'm I might actually be wrong. Maybe he didn't play in the practice match, but his performances in preseason have left a bit to be desired. So I, he's the captain of the club, and I right, really right. would be surprised if people are calling for him to be dropped 
by the end of the season. And I can almost guarantee that he will not be the captain next season. Uh, as much as I love him, uh, I just don't think uh, he is what he used to be, even though he's not that old. Uh, are you are you uh, saying drop are you saying drop from the list completely or not, not, drop not just from his from captaincy? List. Okay. Not not drop from the list. I don't okay. think he will be so I I think he'll still be playing games by the end of the season. He'll play most of the games. Uh, but that's just because he'll be captain. But right, I think right. Essendon fans, uh this Ben Rutten won't actually do this, but I think Essendon fans will want him to be taken out of the starting twenty-two. Okay. Okay. And that and that could you know very easily, you know, if you got if you got you know a young player who's ready to step into that position, and if your goal right now is to accelerate a rebuild, which I think that's you know I think you can safely say that's what Essendon's trying to do. They're trying to get themselves back up the ladder. Then it might they might find themselves having to do that sort of thing. Yeah, and Dyson Heppel's twenty eight, and yeah, I don't. I he's don't had think... he's had a lot of if I remember he's had a lot of foot injuries though. Yes, I believe so. And he has had his troubles with injuries in the last few seasons. Um, and uh, I don't think he will be a star by or even playing at all when we win our next final, uh, whenever that may be. If that's in 50 years, obviously he won't be a star by then, but I hope we win our next final before that. Uh, but I, I don't think he – I think he's might have had too many injuries to be – uh, really at their required level, uh, even by the end of this year, and especially definitely in a couple of years' time, as opposed to someone who's the same age as him, Dylan Shield. Uh, he's not a guy who gets injured much, and I think he'll still be a good player in two or three years' time. Okay. So who do you see as the – if you're making your predictions right now, who do you see as the club's best and fairest this year? Who are you predicting? Best and fairest. Ooh, that, that's a tough one. Um I think a real a player who could improve on his breakout season from last season is Kyle Lankford. I'm not sure if you know much about him, but he was not a player that I liked at all before last season. But last season, he upped his game. Uh, he, he's really, really improved uh, his disposal in the contest. He's much bigger than he used to be. He used to be a really skinny guy. He could be a shout uh, for the Crichton medal, the best and fairest. Okay. Uh, someone else that you want to look out for, I'm not sure if we win the best and fairest. Sam Draper, uh, like I said before, I think he's going to be one right. of the best ruckmen in the league within the next two or three years because he he's almost like another midfielder with the way he plays. He um, He's so athletic and the leap on him is amazing. He could be our most important player, you could argue. And he, uh, you could even say that he forced Tom Bell Chambers into retirement with his performance at the end of last season he made his debut and then didn't get dropped because he was that good. And, but uh, for the best and fairest, uh, I've been kind of dallying around this answer, but Andrew McGrath, he is the, he, the consistency of Andrew McGrath. His whole career pretty much is phenomenal. He's hardly missed a game. Uh, maybe he had some syndesmosis last year, but other than that, he's hardly missed a game throughout his entire career. He'll probably be the captain in 2022, I'd say. Especially if he gets some more goals, if he starts kicking more goals, he is a very good shout for best and fairest, which will be his first Crichton medal at the Essendon Football Club, I believe. So he is my prediction, I would say. Andrew McGrath. Okay. Who's going to be your leading goal kicker this year? Now, that, that's a tough one because, uh, as you'll know, as as all the listeners, Essendon fans especially will know, Essendon's forward line, Essendon's forward line is completely different uh, to what it was last year. Uh, our two big forwards are Harrison Jones and uh, Peter Wright uh, because James Stewart is playing in the back line. Even Jaden Laverde has been playing in the back line. He's probably going to be a backman this year. Uh, Jake Stringer will be up there as always, especially if he stays injury-free. He'll be around that 25-goal mark. I hope Harrison Jones kicks around 25 goals as well, but – I think if we get some good performances out of Peter Wright, he kicked 31 goals, I think, in 2017. It may have been in one of the worst sides ever to be in the AFL, the Gold Coast Suns of 2017. They were a shambles uh, throughout that period. 
he kicked 31 goals. If he's kicking 31 goals in that side, if he can get back to that level, uh, he will be a superstar fest. And I know he didn't play any games, I don't think, for Gold Coast last year. But, he, he but did if, he, if he can improve his performance, he uh, if he can get back on the level he was in 2017 and around that time, he will be a star. I think uh, it's really between him, Harrison Jones and uh, Jack Stringer. I reckon they'll all be around the 25-30 goal mark, but I'll go Peter Wright uh, will kick maybe 32 goals and win the leading goal kicker award for Essendon. And he had 20, he had 27 in 2016, so he had yeah he had back to back pretty yeah. And first that, of all, I, I'm impressed that you have all these things committed to memory. That's uh, <laughs> that done a is, bit of research pre-pod. I'm not yeah. that much of a footy nerd, gotta say. Okay, <laughs> so um. Who do you uh, who do you see? You kind of alluded to it, but who do you see taking the wooden spoon this year? Wooden spoon. Um, well, I, I did say it would be quite funny if Carlton won the wooden spoon, but I don't think that's going to happen. I think they're better than that. Um, there are quite a few teams that are all around a similar level around the bottom of the ladder. Essendon, many people say uh, that they are one of them, but I think we're a bit above that level. I think it's probably between a team like North Melbourne. Uh, Adelaide will improve. I think I don't think Adelaide will be winning the wooden spoon. Even now, this is going to shock some people. Hawthorne, they I don't see them doing very well this season. But of course, they've got Alistair Clarkson. So as bad as their list is, they really haven't got much going for their list. But they've got Alistair Clarkson, possibly the greatest coach of all time. So I think he'll guide them above uh, 18th position. position. But uh, I might be forgetting someone, but I, I would probably have to say North Melbourne. Okay. Uh, yeah. And who, who do you see in the uh, who do you see in the top four? Not necessarily one to four, but who do you see getting the double chances here? Top four. I'm, I'm okay. crossing my fingers on one of them. <laughs> they be, they uh, damn well better be. That's all I can yeah. say. <laughs> okay. I'll put yeah. I'll put you along in there just to please you because I want to come back on the pod. Uh, <laughs> um, Geelong will be in there. Uh, I think Richmond will finish fourth. I don't think they'll finish in the top three. I think they'll drop off a bit, just slightly, from previous years. Um, they'll be fourth to seventh, but I'll put them in fourth. Uh, Geelong, Richmond. Who else have we got? Uh, I reckon the Western Bulldogs will be in there as well. Okay. Uh, I think Port Adelaide will just finish just out of it, and I think West Coast will be in there as well. So that's uh, the Bulldogs, the Eagles, the Cats, and the Tigers, and with a couple of teams being in and around there as well. It's going to be very close, I reckon, the top four, though, this season. There are a lot of teams fighting for those four positions. I, I had – and I have not announced what my ladder – predictions are yet but i had three of those four in mind wow. i have mine right next go. to me here yeah um wow. i had a i had a different team finishing in the number one spot oh so, right who did i say was finishing the number one? Oh, uh, you didn't say specifically you you, oh, you, yeah. you said richmond you thought would be four yeah so, okay but yeah it's yeah. uh yeah the, the one that the one that we did not agree on i have finishing in the number one spot wow yeah there you go uh -huh. Is that, would that be port adelaide no oh Okay. It's okay. Not. Well, I'll, I'll I'll let your listeners wait and see. It, I won't ask you to reveal okay. that yeah, in this podcast. Uh, so, um, Brownlow and Coleman. Who do you think's? Oh, and I geez. know that's you know it's just like put a list of names at the wall and throw a dart at it and see which, which name <laughs> it lands on. I know. Okay, that that is a really tough one. Um, I think. Oh. I would like to think for your sake that Jeremy Cameron would be a shout, but I think he's got Tom Hawkins taking a lot of goals off him because they'll both be kicking around 50 goals at 50, 60 goals this season. But I think that will, they'll both be in the top five, but maybe fourth or fifth for the Commons. So I think those guys will be close, but not quite there. Who else is a shout? Um, I hope, definitely hope it's not Joe Danaher. Uh, <laughs> hmm. Yeah, but it could be, couldn't it? <laughs> yeah, geez, that, that would be heart-wrenching <laughs> stuff. My God. Um, 
Jack Darling, I reckon, could okay. be right up there. Okay. Uh, I, I, no, by no means uh, saying he's 100% going to be the Coleman medalist, but he's just someone that springs to mind who I think will have quite a good season. He's an ageing player uh, in an ageing side, uh, especially with Josh Kennedy, who I think will be up there as well. But I'm going Jack Darling to have uh, another really good season because he has been really good in past seasons. And you asked the Brownlow medalist as well. Um, oh, it is really tough because uh, you often get such surprises. I don't think many people would have been expecting Lockie Neal to win the Brownlow medal this time last year. Um, it, it could just be someone that no one predicts at right, all. Right. Uh, but you've got to say the regulars are always a chance. Nat Fife, Dustin Martin, um, Lockie Neal, of course, you uh, yeah. can't go past him. Uh, who is that uh, to say? I, I reckon... I think you've you given me you you've given the listeners you know a couple of good choices there. Yeah, actually. yeah. You don't well, have to have, you don't have to have I a specific want, one. Yeah, I don't want to lock someone in, but the, those are some options. So I'm sure there's more that I'm just completely forgetting at the moment. Uh, so yeah, so many options, just like for the Coleman, so many players could win it. Yeah, um, yeah. Who knows at this stage, really? Okay. Now I I'm going to go ahead and give you guys credit where credit is due here. I. Uh, I put together a few little trivia questions about the bombers to ask you. And no, I'm, looking forward to I'm, this working on, I'm working on this for, you know, all of the guests that I have to, coming on. Uh, I do have a, a West coast uh, supporter who lives here in the state of Georgia, who's only been a fan for a very short period of time. So I'm, I'm a little worried about the questions that I may be asking of him. Uh, so I have, I wrote a dozen questions out, but I don't know if I'm going to ask you all of them. We'll see how it goes. We'll see how it goes, we'll yeah. how it goes here. Okay. So we'll start. We'll start yeah. off with the first question that I had here. Okay, are you, are you feeling confident? Oh, I'm feeling quite confident. Yes. Oh, okay. uh, I don't want that. I don't want to have that come back to bite me. But no, I'm that's okay. You can, you, you, <laughs> people can go back and listen and see how poorly I did on this. Yeah, edit uh, that baby out. If I if I get none right, just get rid of me saying I'm confident, please. That would be very nice. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Who who had the most total tackles for the Bombers last year? Oh, geez. Oh, I'm not good with this kind of thing. But They had, they had uh, 79 of them. 79. You know, I think Devin Smith, he's a tackling machine. He, I think he played played all but one game last season. In the season where he won the Crichton medal with the Preston Ferris for us in 2018, I think he might have broken the all-time record for tackles. So I'm going to go with Devin Smith. Okay. Uh, it was Will Snelling. Will Snelling, there you mm-hmm. go. Yep. He's someone that uh, I don't want to. I want to get to the next question quickly, but okay. uh, <laughs> not many people will think he'll be in the side this year, even though he played every game last season. Yeah, he's a really underrated play for us. I reckon. I hope he does well. Okay. Now, Matthew Lloyd was Essendon's leading goal kicker every year between 1997 and 2009, except wow. for except for one year. Who okay. broke Who broke that streak? And do you know what year that was? Oh, okay. Well, I haven't got much memory of footy really before, really at all in Matthew Lloyd's time. 2009 is probably the, some of the, my earliest footy memories. Okay. Um, so should, should, we go, edit this one? should we edit this one? No, out? no, no. We'll keep it in. Okay. We'll keep it in. Okay. Uh, I'll say Scott Lucas. You're absolutely right. Yeah. Oh, Scott Lucas in the year. Uh, you would need the year. You got the person right. I'm gonna. I'm just gonna give you the year. Not in 2000. 2006. 2006. Okay. 2006. Right. I'm. I'm. Yeah. I'm impressed by that. Thank you. I'm impressed by that because you. <laughs> he he you was did, a great player. You didn't sound all that confident going into that. Yeah. Well, okay. I know a bit about it, but I just don't really know all the in-depth stats around that area. But yeah, Scott Lucas, great player. In, in what year did the club adopt the Bombers' nickname? Oh, jeez. Another tough one. That, oh. Um. Hmm. I know we had a nickname before that, which I can't quite remember. Uh, ooh, oh, if I sit here, I'll recognise it was a very oldish nickname. 
but I reckon we adopted the Bombers nickname in 1930, 1936. Really close, 1940. You're 1940. Really, well, yeah, you're really close there. Yep. Right, right in the midst of World War II. Uh, that's an Eastern one. That's uh, yeah. In what year? Okay, here we go. In what year did the club go over 80,000 members for the first time? Whew. Was it 2019? Yes, it was. Yes, it was. There you go. Yeah, you're. Uh, this is. Uh, I'm, I'm impressed. Okay, uh, let's. <laughs> Thank you. Let's. Let's. Uh, I, I. I'm gonna. I'm gonna say you're gonna get this one, even though it's maybe a little before your time. Okay. Who was the opponent in the infamous 2004 line in the sand match? Uh, would that be Hawthorne? That would be Hawthorne, yes. Of course. You, you, are, uh, you are hitting them out of the park here. Thank uh, you very much. <laughs> who has played the most games for Essendon? That would be the great man, Dustin Fletcher. He's played 400 games for the club. And uh, in his last ever game, actually, uh, I was at that game. I remember that game. It was the dream time at the G game against Richmond. And uh, he actually got subbed off in that game. He got injured. Uh, I think maybe in the first or second quarter and never played for the Bombers again. Wow. But what, what a legend he was, Dustin Fletcher. Kind of, you know, kind, kind of like, uh, you know, well, Ablett came back out, but he was, you know, broken shoulder. Yeah. He was not, uh, yeah. He could have easily broken the record for all-time games in the league if he didn't get suspended so much, Dustin Fletcher. Um, he, he was around from, I reckon, like 93 to 2015, I reckon, were his years. Uh, he was around a long, long time. Okay, I, I have I have a couple of others here. We'll see how you. Okay. Ooh, I, I, that one I don't know if that's I, I've I've actually written this question for several clubs. Uh, this is this may be just off the wall here. Who are the top three scores in total points scored in Super Coach last year for the Bombers? Oh. <laughs> okay. Um, now I'll just I'll give a bit of a shout out uh, on your behalf. Uh, if it hasn't filled up by the time you listen to this, there's still spots available in Craig's Supercoach League. There are a couple, uh, so, yes. Uh, Craig can tell you how to get into that. I don't play Supercoach myself, but I kind of well, know how it works. Maybe we should just edit this question out then. No, no. We, well, we can keep it. It's up to you. Yeah. I'll, I'll have a crack. I'll say Andy McGrath. Um, Andy McGrath. One of them is no longer with the club. I'll give you that. Adam Saad. There you go. And Zach Merritt. Zach Merritt, yes, is the, is the other one. Jordan Ridley is the third. Oh, okay. So yep. not Andy McGrath. So you, Jordan Ridley. So you got two. You got two out of three. So thank you. That, that's very much. Yep. <laughs> okay, I'm going to ask you. I've got three other questions here. While you're here, might as well. Uh, you're going to get this. This is an easy one. Who was the Bombers kit manufacturer in 2020? Uh, oh, I think it might have changed from a year before. Okay, I know it was uh, ISC in maybe 2019 and Adidas before that, but was it um, New Balance? Under Armour. Under Armour. Under oh, Armour, yes. yep. I knew it was one of those yep. lower uh, name, uh, lesser name brands. But there you go, Under Armour. Last two questions that I'm going to ask you. Okay. Last two questions. I'm a, one I'm not going to ask you because it's kind of a it's kind of a, a bit of a downer question. So I, <laughs> okay. won't, I won't ask you that one. <laughs> Thanks for uh, that. How, uh, who, I'm sorry, who was the last bomber to win the Brownlow? The last bomber to win the Brownlow. Well, uh, if uh, you you are a big Bombers fan, lots of people will claim that Joe Watson actually truly won the Brownlow in 2012, even though it got stripped of him uh, for the supplement saga. But he wasn't an official Brownlow medalist because it got stripped of him, of course. But uh, I believe it was uh, would have been James Hurd. Yes, it was 1996. Yep. What, yep. 1996? 1996. Uh-huh. Wow, there you go. And by the way, that old nickname's just come to me. Essendon used to be called the Same Olds. That was the our same old Olds. Nickname. Okay. The okay. Same Olds, yeah. 
I believe okay. that's correct. Yeah. And the last question I'm going to ask you then, and I bet you'll get this one now, who preceded Dyson Heppel and Brendan Goddard as team captain? Oh, I mentioned him just before. Yes, of you course, did. The great man, Joe Watson. Yes, you, you did. <laughs> you did. So, and I, I, I had one down that I did not ask, and that was for the the English translation of the club motto. But uh, <laughs> I uh, what, what do you know what the club motto in Latin is? Sequitur in modo, fort, fortiter in re. Okay. I, I don't, I don't do, we, we don't teach did, Latin here in, in, in school. I did VCE Latin in high school, so I might be able to kind of <laughs> work that out. Uh, it's like bravely in things or something, or the uh, bravely brave in everything, something like that, the last bit. Um, and yeah, no idea about the first bit. That's a bit of a tricky one. <laughs> Gen- gently in manner, resolutely in execution. Resolution, resolutely yeah. in execution. Well, there you go. It's funny you mentioned the, the Latin thing, and I, I, I know you've got a busy day here, so I'm going to wrap it up with you in just a second. But I have one of the one of the quotations I have hanging up in my classroom is uh, is that in a in a hundred years we've gone from teaching Greek and Latin in high school to remedial English in college. So it's yeah. kind of scary, kind of scary how we, uh, you know, how we're, we're, we're going in that direction. You know, for those of you who don't know, I've been, been teaching for a long time there, but uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's going to be a, it's, it's, I think it's going to be a great year. I'm, I'm looking forward to actually seeing fans in the stands on a much more consistent basis. Although I remember the question you asked me and there was only one round that they didn't have fans in the stand. Yeah. I think it was yeah, last year, but uh it's going to be nice to see more of them in the stands. That would be great. Yeah. And it uh, be great for us Victorian fans to actually be able to get to some games. Yeah, and, uh, and, and leave your house. I can get myself, exactly. Hopefully I can get myself a ticket for the Essendon Hawthorne game uh, on the Saturday night coming up. Hopefully that gets moved to the MCG. Uh, Essendon requested that to be moved to the MCG from Marvel to fit right. more fans in. But we'll see how it goes. Fingers crossed. People will you, know by the time they listen to it. But, do, you think yeah. that's, do you think that'll happen? No, I don't think it will happen. Okay. Unfortunately, I think there's there's a few reasons, few factors complicating it, but I don't think it will happen. Okay. Well, ladies and gentlemen, I, I do want to thank uh, Harper Passenger for coming on and talking some uh, Bombers footy here. I I think it's going to be a, uh, as you said, a, a a bit of a rebuilding year, but I think there's a lot of positives. Yeah. Um, I think there are some clubs that that might have a hard time finding some positives, but I. I think there's a lot of good things happening. You know, Archie Perkins is getting to stay in Victoria, which is nice. Uh, (laughs) That was, uh, I remember reading about that when that first, when that first came out at at draft time. And, and I guess you are thinking about it, these kids are, they are so young when they're getting drafted to, to, you know, to the bigger club. It's not, it's not like the, you know, the, the NFL, system. it's not like the, the NFL where they, system, they've yeah. had a couple of years in college. I mean, they're, yeah. they're basically leaving home and moving off on their own. So it can be a bit of a culture shock if you're heading yeah. somewhere else. So Big that, exactly. that, that's beginning to register with me a whole heck of a lot more. So Harper, I appreciate you coming on, man. I, I, I thank you for everything you guys are doing. I, yeah, I wish you, the, the two of you, nothing but success with your show. You know, I, I love being able to, in, in whatever way I can, you know, continue to get the message out about it because you guys have some terrific guests and and just the fact that the two of you are, you know, as old as you are and putting out such a, you know, a quality show is just, you know, it's to be commended. And that know, really means a lot, Craig. We love your support. And I'd just uh, like to mention, uh, if you're listening to this after or on or after the 8th of March, the Monday, we'll have an episode out. I'm presuming most people listen to this at Bombers fans. We'll have an episode out with Andy, Andrew McGrath, uh, the Essendon superstar. Uh, that's, uh, yeah, it was a great episode talking to him. So that's episode 32 out on the 8th of March. So I encourage all you guys to listen to that. That'd be great. Thanks very much for having me on the show, Craig. You got, you I had got a hard blast work. speaking have to a, you. Have a fantastic day. Um, Study hard. Okay. I know you guys have some work to be doing on an upcoming episode. So I hope that goes well today. All righty. Thank you very much. It's been a lot coming on. Thank you. Ladies and gentlemen, I hope you enjoyed my talk with 
host of the Where Do We Begin podcast, Harper Passenger. And uh, it's great to talk with him. Great to talk some Bombers footy. And uh, before I wrap up this episode, I had a couple things that I needed to ensure that I addressed before we, we closed out. I needed to get my tips for round six of the AFLW out there for you. Yes, going over those relatively quickly since I've already taken up a good chunk of your day here with uh, this episode, which I hope you've enjoyed. Uh, we've got, again, uh, you know, seven games this weekend in the AFLW. The first one is Richmond and North Melbourne. And congratulations to the Tigers on getting their first win last week. Very well-played game against Geelong. Sad to see Olivia Purcell go down with the knee injury. But, uh, Tigers, you earned that victory. Congratulations. You've won one in a row. I'm going to go with the Kangaroos in this game. I think they're just too strong of a side. Uh, they've had a little bit of an up and down last few weeks, but I think they're going to put it together and score some points and uh, and take out the, the Tigers this week. The next game then is GWS and Brisbane. And I'm going to go with the Brisbane Lions here. Brisbane got a huge win last week over Fremantle. And I think that's going to... Uh, springboard them into yet another victory this week then we've got Adelaide and Gold Coast I I hate to say it but this one could get ugly okay Adelaide has played extraordinarily well since being taken behind the woodshed by Fremantle Fremantle had their way with them they they ran them off the field quite frankly last week they played extraordinarily well this week, I think the same thing's going to happen. I think Gold Coast remains winless. Up next, we've got the Melbourne and St. Kilda contest. I am tipping Melbourne in this game. I think Melbourne's going to go ahead and take this one. And then we've got Carlton and my Cats. And unfortunately, I think the Cats are going to be 0-6. There's been some signs of life. You know, as I've said in several episodes, I said one of the biggest issues is the fact that the Cats right now don't have a lot of offensive firepower to threaten the other club in the forward 50. We seem to spend an awful lot of time moving the ball around the midfield and ultimately then spending a lot of time with the ball then getting turned over and back in the defensive 50. And the defense has played admirably. They've done a yeoman's effort. They've played hard but they've got the ball in there in front of them for far too much time during the course of the game because we can't get it forward. So I'm going with Carlton in this game. I, th I think they're going to win by several goals. The next one, the first place Magpies and the Bulldogs. Well, they might still be in first place after this round, but I think they're going to have their first loss. I'm or first loss. I'm going to go with the Bulldogs on this one. The Bulldogs have been playing some pretty good footy as of late. I think that it's going to continue. They've been not quite the machine that Fremantle had been up until Brisbane, but they've still been playing very well, very consistent. I'm going to go with the Bulldogs on this one. And then the last game of the weekend is West Coast and Fremantle. Well, West Coast, I think you are uh, also going to not find the win column here. I think Fremantle, Fremantle gets back off the, uh, the ground here and wins this one by several goals. I think they are unhappy with the way the game turned out last week and cannot wait to get back out on the grounds, especially in front of what could be a significant crowd, I think think they'll be allowing crowds in out in uh, West Australia hopefully they'll they'll be doing that because this would be an, a prime opportunity for fans to get to see a really good club in, a, in an up-and-coming club there so I like I said I'm going to go with Fremantle on this one I've got Fremantle winning this one by a couple of goals all right so those are my tips for this week ladies and gentlemen you know it's uh sad news and I'll get into this a little bit more in, in a future episode it's sad to see uh Bruce McAvaney uh, stepping away from the mic. Uh, it's great to hear he's still going to be involved in announcing the Olympics for Australia as well as doing horse racing, which I know nothing about other than it's uh, a bunch of animals that I'm allergic to. 
Uh, so I wish him the best of luck in his retirement. I hope he enjoys being a footy fan, which is what he had said he was planning on doing. So it's great to see him being able to do that sort of thing. So from what I'd seen on Twitter, he was a little bit polarizing. Some people loved the job that he did. Others, maybe not so much. I did see a number of people mention that they're a little concerned about the new crop of former players being the play-by-play announcers. And uh, I saw somebody, and I wish I would have bookmarked it, somebody on Twitter was commenting about how one of the former players that they had heard announcing a game last year got talking about something that happened in a game that they had played in 15 or 20 years ago while one of the clubs was under the pump and had the ball in their defensive goal square trying to keep the ball from going over the line. So two significantly large pairs of shoes to fill with Bruce McAvaney and Dennis Cometti stepping away recently as well. So gentlemen, you are going to be missed behind the microphone. Uh, I, I, I've enjoyed learning the game from the two of you over the, the last couple of years, the last few years. So thank you so very much. And for those of you who have grown up and spent your lives listening to them, you know, I'm sorry that they're, they're not going to be there for you to listen to anymore, but hopefully, yeah, channel seven, Fox footy find, good replacements for them. All right. So ladies and gentlemen, don't forget that if you'd like to uh, sign up for the mailing list, you can go ahead and, uh, and do that. There's a link in the show notes. It's about a three or four little question uh, document for you to fill out. You'll add uh, your name right into the show notes there. or you'll add your name right into the uh, the email list, and you'll get the e- the email sent out to you as soon as a new episode comes out. It'll come to you first, so you get it before it even goes live on uh, Apple Podcasts or Spotify or anything like that. Now, ladies and gents, also uh, if you'd like to help uh, support the show, if you're interested in doing that, uh, you might want to check out the uh, Buy Me a Coffee page that I have linked in the show notes as well. Uh, where you can support the show or check out the store, the storefront for the show. There's a link for that also. I did have somebody that uh, purchased a couple of stickers for the podcast uh, just recently. When you get those stickers and you've got them in place, please send me a photograph of that because I would love to get that out on social media and show you representing the podcast. I truly appreciate that. Thanks for doing that for me. I Wonderful that you did that. Also, ladies and gents, if you've got any ideas for a show topic or if you know somebody who think you'd be, would be a great guest, by all means, you know, feel free to drop me a DM on Twitter or shoot me an email. I'd love to hear from you. Remember, you can reach me at yankonthefootygmail.com. You can also find the podcast at yankonthefooty.podbean.com. You can find it also at any of the other uh, podcast hosting sites as well usually takes a little bit of time for them to get uploaded out there and get the RSS, RSS feed out to them to get the new episode, but you can certainly find those there. It'll be on the Podbean app or the Podbean app as soon as it comes out. Okay. Now, ladies and gents, I'd love it if you'd consider giving me a review on Apple Podcasts. It lets me know what I need to work on, what's going well, and uh, what you think of the show. Remember that you can reach me, as I said, at yankonthefootygmail.com. You can reach me on Twitter at yank underscore on as well as on Facebook and Instagram at a Yank on the Footy. You can also find the podcast on YouTube by searching out my name, Craig Wessels. And like I said, if you haven't done so yet and you want to sign up for the mailing list, that would be fantastic. Ladies and gents, I want to thank you for listening because while we're fans of our teams, and I think there's probably a lot of Bomber supporters listening right now, so thank you for tuning in. Be sure to share this with your friends. Be sure to take a look uh, look at and listen to Harper's podcast as well. Those, those guys are doing a fantastic job. We're all fans of a game that we love, and that's footy. Again, ladies and gentlemen, thanks so very much for listening. I ask that you share the episode with your friends and family. Pop it out there on your social media site so people can see it. Let them know what you think. And may your dribble kick never, ever hit the post. I will catch you later, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you.
This has been episode number 75 of A Yank on the Footy. Don't forget that you can reach me at yank underscore on or at yankonthefooty at gmail.com. You can also find me on Instagram and Facebook as well as at A Yank on the Footy. Again, ladies and gentlemen, thanks for listening and please, please share the podcast with your friends and family. And until next time, goodbye. <laughs>